Gospels. Actually, I'm going to skip the first part because of the sake of time. But what I want to talk about, and you know, we were sitting at Pastor Stevon's house the other day, last week, I believe, and we were looking at some old VHS that he turned into the DVDs, and we were looking at them, and we, I was just kind of tripping, like, wow, I remember those days. And there was a lot of warfare stuff happening. There was a lot of songs about let's go take this city and let's fight the good fight of faith and, and all this kind of stuff. So I was thinking today, what should I talk about for the fathers? And what God gave me is that we are bred for battle. We're bred for battle. That's why God created us. That's why Jesus came. If you look at Jesus, you see a warrior. You know, a lot of people think, you know, he's a skinny little Jesus on the cross. I don't look at Jesus like that. I look at Jesus as a warrior. He was radical. He came against what everybody, the Pharisees and everybody else was doing. And he was a warrior. He broke the mold. When I think of my, my spiritual father, Pastor Steve, he was a warrior. I mean, he didn't quit fighting. Even in his, on his bed of death, his deathbed, he was wanting to give flyers to people. Go win her. Go talk to her. Let's put some, get some stuff. Put them on the walls. Let's do it. Because if you know Pastor Steve, that's how he was. And do not put crooked flyers on the poles. I learned that the hard way. So they hated me in Manila because I made sure that every flyer was perfect. Same height, not crooked. It's got to be perfect because we serve a perfect God. Amen? What I want to go, I was going to read Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14, but I'm not going to labor that right now because I have a lot of scripture and we don't have a lot of time. But I want to look at the end of Ezekiel 37 because we know Ezekiel 37, it talks about the valley of what? Dry bones. And when we came to Christ, we were a valley of dry bones. And Jesus put us back together. We had broken dreams, dusty dreams, dusty vision. We didn't, have, we didn't know where we were going. We were confused. But when Jesus came and he began to breathe life into us, things began to change. And all of a sudden, we began to have a vision of the future. You know, a lot of times people would ask, why were you a drug addict? Well, I think, you know, a lot of people say, well, it was the people around me. Or it was, you know, society, it was this. They blame their parents, they blame everybody. But what it was for me was I didn't have a vision. I didn't know why God created me. And then once God began to breathe life into these dry, dead bones, things began to change. Because, see, God can come into the graveyards of our lives, and all of a sudden, he can resurrect dreams, he can resurrect vision, and things begin to change within our lives. Are you with me? So we're going to begin this message where I usually quit, where most preachers usually quit. They talk about the army being raised up, and, and that's it. But I believe there's more. Because I believe I want to speak to the army of God. Is the army of God in the house? Yes. Now, it's not just about fathers. Hello. It's about men, women. I've even seen some warrior children. Pastor Stevon was a little warrior, man. I remember. He'd have Valentina crying every morning. <laughs> he was a warrior. And Stephanie would encourage him. Now, by laughing, she'd laugh and he'd do it more. Amen. Are you with me? 
So I'm not preaching about the dry bones, but I want to look at verse 14. I'm just going to say it talks about, I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live. The Hebrew word for live is speaking of revival. It's speaking of revival. And see, like Pastor Stelman was talking about, this is the heart. Revival starts where? In the heart. It's bringing something back to life. And I believe, and I really see it, that the East Bay and beyond is getting set up for revival. And I believe it's going to start here in the heart of the bay. And it's going to begin to spread to the north, to the south, to the east, and to the west. And things are going to begin to take place when our, us warriors understand who we are. And we get ready for the battle that God has designed us for. Now, I'm not speaking to the depressed this morning. We got counselors for that. Amen? I'm not speaking to the fearful. We got more counselors for that. And if you're worried here this morning, I may not be speaking to you too. But I want to speak, not because I'm uncaring. I do care for your problem. I do care if you worry. I care if you have fear. We all do. Amen? But I'm not here for that this morning. Because I believe in every city, in every church, there is a select few that have answered the call, and they said, you know what? I'm not satisfied with the way things are. I'm not satisfied to just go through life and get counseling. I'm not satisfied to sit there and talk about my fear and not do anything about it. I'm not satisfied to be with the status quo anymore. I need to go to the next level. I need to understand that I am a warrior created by God for battle. Let me tell you, fathers, you are a warrior in your household. Your children see you fighting in the spirit. They see you praying. They see you praising. They see the things that you do. If you're there crying about this and crying about that, they see that too. But if they see a warrior, someone that says, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to let the world affect me. I'm going to affect the world. That's what our children need to see. Amen? So my first point, we are the army of God. See, I'm talking to a rare breed of people that have learned to be soldiers. They've learned how to fight. It's a rare breed. See, we got a lot of saints in the church, but not a lot of soldiers. We got a lot of saints that are holding down the fort, but not a whole lot of soldiers that are going out and possessing the land. See, we're having a lot of marches coming up this summer. You know who's going to show up? The soldiers. The soldiers are going to show up, whether they're young or older. It's not a gender thing. If you're a man or woman, it doesn't matter. It's a spirit of warrior. What matters is what's beating in your heart. And you say, you know what? i got to learn to fight the good fight of faith. I'm ready to win souls for God's honor and glory. I'm ready to possess the land. You heard it right here. Pastor Steve and Josie, when they came, what did they do? They went out on their own. They began to hit the streets, pass out flyers. Probably had Stevan on his shoulders and say, come on, son. Give him a flyer. Reach up there. Put it on that pole so they can't rip it down. Amen? Because that's the spirit of a warrior. 
The warrior says, you know what, it doesn't matter how things look. It matters how things are going to be. Are you guys with me? Time for water break. I'm dressing Filipino for a reason. Oh, that's why. That's why. No, because my suits are too tight. <laughs> I've been here too long already. I tried one on. I went like this. Rip. Oh, I can't praise in this thing. And I get a little violent behind the pulpit sometimes. So I might have to get some more of these. A little bigger. If you get my drift. See, it's time for the army of God to come to attention. See, remember when Paul says, I beseech you therefore by, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice? You remember that scripture? That word beseech is a call to attention. It means a call alongside in the Greek. It means that I am here. I'm ready for the battle. Whatever, whatever we're going out, here I am. I'm ready. I'm not going to make excuses. Amen. If I, if I need a massage, I'm going to get my wife to massage me. Do you know there's some guys that like massages? Hello. Oh, you guys are copping to it too, man. Shut up. That's Hebrews for be quiet. No, because I, I don't know. I don't like people touching me that's not married to me. I hope you got that. You'll get it on the way home. When your wife's going, what's wrong with you? No. But I don't even like her to massage. I don't like to get touched, man. No, I'm just kidding. But sometimes, man, we put pleasure before duty. Remember that God set us free for a reason. He set us free for a purpose because we need to win the lost. Pastor Josie spoke a good message on Wednesday about warfare and the devil. You should have been here. It was good. But she set us up for today, really. Because we have to understand, we are in a battle. Our families are dying. Our friends are dying. People in the streets are dying. And what are we doing? We're hanging out at church. The church is in the streets. We come here, we get fed. Okay, fine. But she was saying, you've got to feed yourself. Then you've got to be about it. Amen? You've got to train and then go out and do what God calls. We've got to possess the land. See, the adversity is great. The conditions are hard. But we are bred for battle. See, God raised you up out of the valley of dry bones. He brought order into your life. Remember what you were like before. Remember how it was before Christ came into your life. Remember how you couldn't stop drinking. You couldn't stop smoking. You couldn't stop fornicating. Whatever it was. You couldn't stop. But Jesus came in. He brought order into your life. And he said, now I have a plan. I have a purpose. I have a destiny for you. He strengthened you, and he filled you with his spirit. Now it's your turn to fulfill your purpose. You are agents of change. You know who you are? You're God's hands and feet. That's who you are. That's who you are. Whenever you do something, you have to remember that. Is this going to please God? Am I doing what God created me to do? Am I being about my father's business? Hello. And yes, you can watch boxing. It's okay. Especially if you like Pacquiao. He got robbed, dude. He got robbed. How many seen the fight? That was the first armed robbery I ever seen without a gun. 
for a night. See, the Bible says in the book of Acts that the early church turned the world upside down. There wasn't a whole lot of people, but they turned the world upside down. See, V.O. Hart, that's what we're going to do. We're going to turn the Bay Area upside down. And that fire that starts here is going to spread to the East Coast, to Canada, to Mexico. It's going to go beyond the borders. Why? Because we're making an impact that's going to be shaken and felt around the world. You need to understand who you are. That's who we are. We're not just a people that come to church, get fed, and go home and have barbecues. That's not it. We do those things, and it's fine, but that's not it. When we go to a barbecue, we want to bring unsaved people. We want to bring sinners. I don't care how they dress. They can have shorts up to here. I don't care. Get them in the church house. It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter if they got bleeding coming from the earth. It doesn't matter. What matters is they made it. And they made it because of you. Because you were about the Father's business. Amen? It's our turn. Tell your neighbor. It's our turn. The baton has been passed. Ooh, this is sturdy. Your dad would have liked this. Mm. He likes smacking pulpits. He broke one of mine. See, the mantle has fallen on our generation. You have to understand that. Because Jesus is coming soon. We've got to do what God has raised Victory Outreach to do. We've got to not only fill this place once, twice, maybe three times, then we're going to go to a bigger place. But we've got to get ready. It's going to start here in the hearts. See, we're anointed to bring deliverance to the bound. That is our anointing. I'm going to be reading, go to Jeremiah in your Bibles. They're going to have it on the screen, too. Are you guys with me? So I'm starting to get excited. See how strong I am? Okay. Jeremiah 51. I love this verse. Verse 20 and 21. For you are my battle axe and weapon of war. For with you I will break the nation in pieces. With you I will destroy kingdoms. With you I will break in pieces the horse and its rider. With you I will break in pieces the chariot and its rider. Are you with me? In other words, God is saying, you are my weapon of warfare. You are my weapon of choice. You are the battle axe. Don't call your wife that. Because he's going to break the nations into pieces. Turn your name and say, I am God's battle axe. You're a weapon. You're a lethal weapon. Understand who you are. No devil in hell can mess with you. Sometimes we give him too much glory. He's unorganized. Sure, he's got a hierarchy and all that. But let me tell you something about the devil. Why did he get sent out of heaven? Because he's a rebel. I rest my case. Like produces like. 
He sure he has organization, but I don't believe they follow him the way they should because he's a rebel. And all his little demons are rebels too. So if you begin to rebel, you'll get that on the way home. Get the tape, okay? I'm not going to break everything down. Jeez. Okay, go to Isaiah 41, verse 15. You guys didn't get that, huh? Write it down. You'll get it later. Isaiah 41, verse 15. Behold, I will make you into a new threshing, threshing sledge with sharp teeth. You shall thresh the mountains and beat them small and make the hills like chaff. See, verse 41 says you're going to have teeth. What does that mean? It means that we're not all talk. See, some people like to flap their gums all the time. They say, I'm going to do this for God, and I'm going to do that for God. I want to do that, but nothing ever happens. Let me tell you something. We have teeth. When we say something, we do it. We make it happen. We're going to go out and win souls for God's honor and God's glory. Are you with me? That's why we got marches coming up. You're going to take yourself out there and say, I am God's battle axe. I'm not just talking out of the side of my neck. Some of you guys understand that better. See, that's what happens. When you don't have teeth, that's what you do. You talk out of the side of your neck. But when you mean you're a person of character, you know who you are in Christ. When you say something, you follow through. You make it happen. Are you with me? We're not all talk. we got the power to back it up. See, 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. It's in power. When we go out to the streets, you know what? I, I expect people to be broken in the presence of God. I expect people to begin to open up issues that they have in their life. I expect them to ask for prayer or accept prayer. See, because Why? Because we are walking in this very same power that Jesus demonstrated here on earth. So when we go to people and we begin to say, how you really feeling, brother? All of a sudden, they can't hold back anymore. They got to begin to tell the truth. Why? Because they need a touch from Almighty God. Are you with me? We're not all talk. Number two, we are armed and dangerous. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm armed and dangerous. See, God did not send us into this battle without weapons. We have the armor of God. I'm not going to labor it too much. We got the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness. Our feet are shod with the gospel of truth. We have the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Did you notice something that soldiers always advance? They don't retreat. That's why there's no armor covering the backside. Did you notice that? See, God didn't got to give us anything to cover our back. Why? Because we got each other's back. See, when we go into battle, we're not doing it alone. We're fighting as a family. We're fighting as a movement. We got each other's back. 
When you go into battle, you better believe the person next to you on the right and the person next to you on your left, they got their life in your hand. And you understand that. Man. When I go into battle with these people, they're not going to run. They're not going to hide. I can count on them because they're with me. See, that's what, it's be, that's what it means to be a warrior. It means you got people with you who know how to fight. Am I getting excited over here or what? Come on now. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. For casting down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Notice how it said casting down, and then it says casting down. I started to look at it. I go, why would they say that twice? Well, the first casting down is a different word than the second one. The first one in the Greek, I'm not even going to try to say it, is katharisis. It means demolition or extinction. In other words, you're casting it down. You're getting rid of it. You don't want it to come back. But the second one is karatheo. It means to lower with violence. And demolish. See, if you begin to pray for some argument the enemy is putting in your mind, you begin to pray against something the devil is lying to you about, and it's not going away. Well, tell, let me tell you something. You've got to get violent. The kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. So if it, doesn't, if it keeps coming up and coming up and coming up, what do you do? You fight more. You fight more. You fight more until you get a handle on it. Are you guys with me? Let me tell you this morning, in this battle and in this warfare, we have the advantage. We've been giving weapons that the devil has no defense against. We also have the power of the name of Jesus. There's nothing stronger than the power of the name of Jesus. See, the name above every other name. His name holds power in three worlds. I'll read it to you. In Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at that name every knee shall bow of those in heaven, those on earth, and those under the earth. That every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Three realms above the sky, heaven. And then he says the earth, that's talking in Greek, worldly, it's physically or moral, even the moral stuff, and under the earth. Of course, that's departed spirits. Acts 4.12 says this, nor is there any, or is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Are you guys with me? I'm giving you a lot of scripture and I'm not done. Because it's not my opinion. I don't want you to know my opinion. I want you to know the Word of God. That's what's powerful. See, Mark 16, 17, and 18 says this, And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means harm them. 
and they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. In 1995, we had this demon-possessed guy come into our men's home in the Philippines. And he was a big guy, but like a Filipino guy. His name was Jerry. And this guy, he would, he would start speaking in different languages with different sounds, very deep. His eyes were bright red. It took four Filipinos sitting on each arm, you know, got a Filipino here, Filipino here, and on both legs. And I was sitting on his chest. And we're trying to cast this devil out. And there was more than one. They didn't want to come out. So finally, I said, devil, we're not afraid of you. And he went like this. He went, yeah. And as soon as he did that, I knew we had him because he showed a kink of fear. Then we started pleading the blood of Jesus on him, the name of Jesus on him. I didn't beat him with a Bible. That don't work. <laughs> Amen? But after a number of hours, he was set free. And let me tell you, this dude, I never seen this in my life. He was standing. He was kind of big. He went backwards all the way where the back of his head was touching his ankles. He was going, you know what? He's still in our church today. Set free. Works for customs. Hallelujah. Now I got to see if he can give me a motorcycle over there. You know what I'm saying? But see, we have the power of the blood of Jesus. See, there's protection through the blood. There's healing through the blood. There's deliverance through the blood. There's overcoming power through the blood. Revelation 12, 11 says, They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. See, in the old days, there was a lot of emphasis on the blood of Jesus. That's why we sang that song this morning. You know, we used to plead the blood on everything. I remember, man, we we plead the blood on children. We're in the children's church. We cats, dogs. We didn't care. House. I remember one time we went. We had a rickety old van twenty years ago. We were going to San Diego, and this thing was like, maybe we'll make it, and maybe we won't. We had one seat. That was the driver's seat. I had the license. Hallelujah. And we had carts, crate, milk crates. Everybody's sitting on the milk crates, and I got this little dude here. And everyone to beat him up. I go, no, you sit here with me. You stay here. Nobody will get you now. But we're, we had to plead the blood on that thing. And his dad always caravan. Remember? We would always caravan. But that van was last in the line. Nobody seen when we broke down. Here we are, the bottom of the grapevine. Everybody, <laughs> wave, hey. No cell phones. They didn't have cell phones in those days. I just said, oh, my God, let's plead some more blood. So I get the men's home, we're, up, we're circling the van on the freeway. We didn't have no money, no nothing. We're circling the van, holding hands, and pleading the blood of Jesus on that van. We got in, it started. It was a weird van. And we finally made it up the grapevine, and we took as much, we just coasted down. <laughs> and we made it to a gas station, got blessed with some gas. But we didn't know where we were going. We had no idea. We just knew we were going to a... Rehab discipleship in San Diego. Never been there. Didn't know the directions. Didn't know where to get off. This little guy's crying. Everybody wants to beat him up. <sighs> Shut up, man. They're going to they're gonna hurt you. I can only stop them for so long. They want to throw him out and everything, you know. And I'd say, okay, just pray, man. We're just going to pray, plead the blood. We're going to believe God. And God told me what exit to get off. 
we beat the caravan. I don't know. That's how God operates. That's how he rolls. Amen? See, the devil hates the blood of Jesus. See, because the blood of Christ sealed his fate. He knows where he's going. He's trying to take people with him. See, we also have the power of the word of God. The same word that God used to create the universe, the same word that Jesus used to cast out devils, heal the sick, open blind eyes, open deaf ears, is the same word we use today. Are you with me? You see, sometimes we forget that that word is eternal. Psalms 119.89 says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. See, when we use the word of God, it's like Jesus is using that word because it's settled in heaven. It's a done deal. It's a done deal. There's healing power and deliverance in that word. Psalms 107.20 says, He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. While Satan attacked Jesus in the wilderness, it was the word that he spoke that overcame the enemy. See, if you try to fight the devil with your own words, you're done. You're done. He's going to chew you up and spit you out. I remember before we went to the Philippines, we were at the men's home that was on Washington Ave during that time. And they brought a little girl that was demon-possessed, and we're praying for her. And all of a sudden, we get a guy come in, and he looks, and he got all scared, and he's trying to pray in tongues, and he's saying, yabba-dabba-doo. I go, you're not going to be able to yabba-dabba-doo that here, dude. And the devil started telling him what he's doing in secret. I said, you know what? You need to get out of the room. The devil's pulling your covers. He, was, he ran out. That's the last I seen that guy. But see, you better be right with God when you're going to play with the devils, man, because they know you. They know if you're sneaking around. They know if you're doing stuff in secret. They know what's up with your life. Yabba-dabba-doo. Come on, Fred. Get out of here, Fred. You're not helping. See, but we also have the weapon and the power of praise. Are you with me? See, prison couldn't hold the ones who dared to praise in the midnight hour. Are you with me? See, praise will knock down walls. Praise will open doors. Praise will set the captives free. Praise will confuse your enemies. You need to understand that. I was thinking about that this morning, and I was asking God, you know, God, there's a certain way people praise, and then he started giving me a word, ugly praise. And I looked up ugly. You know what ugly says? Very unattractive, unpleasant to look at, displeasing in appearance, messy. But then God spoke to me. He says, sometimes you got to give me ugly praise. In other words, you don't care what you look like when you're doing it. You don't care what everybody thinks about you when you're doing it. All you know is you're hurting inside, and you need a miracle. You need something to happen, and you may look ugly. Your mascara is running. Your hair's messed up, but you don't care because you're just giving ugly praise to God, and God said, oh, that's beautiful to me. Are you guys hearing me now? See, sometimes you got to get ugly praise. See, real praisers get loud. Real praisers sing off key sometimes. They never asked me to do a duet. 
See, real praises get undignified. Oh, that reminds me of David. I'll get more undignified than this. Hey. Right? Real praises get messy. They tend to offend pretty praisers. Not my wife. Because pretty praises, they try to be in control. They, they don't want their makeup to run. My hair has got to be just right. I got to stand properly. Now I'm a pretty praiser. See, a pretty praiser don't want to jump up and down. A pretty praiser, they don't want to dance. They don't want to mess up their clothes. See, but I believe that God wants your ugly praise. Are, are you with are you getting this? See, he, he wants your praise when your heart is breaking. He wants your praise when you don't know how you're going to make it to the next day. He wants your praise when your heart is breaking because your child is sick. He he wants your praise when you don't know how you're going to pay your bills. He wants your praise when you don't know how anything's going to happen. He wants your praise when you don't even want to look at yourself in the mirror. That's the kind of praise that God likes. He wants the kind of praise that you're so numb to the pain you don't even care anymore. That's the kind of praise God wants. That's the powerful praise. When you wake up and you feel rejected, you feel spent, you don't know what to do, and you just say, Lord, help me in this, man. I, I know I, I don't have the words. I can't sing right. I, I'm all messed up. Let me turn the water on in the shower. I'll sound a little bit better. But I know one thing, that I'm going to praise you till I drop. When you begin to praise like that, you know what happens? All of a sudden, the load lifts. All of a sudden, you begin to say, it ain't about me. It's about him. It doesn't matter what I go through. He thinks I can go through it. He thinks I can handle it. I can. I can do all things. Are you with me? See, praise will keep you, keep your focus on the solution instead of the problem. That's what happens when you learn to praise. We also have the power of prayer and fasting. There are two powerful tools that many times we neglect. In Isaiah 58, verse 6, God says, Is this not the fast that I have chosen? To loosen the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that, you're, that you break every yoke. See, prayer is powerful, but fasting multiplies. But, but fasting magnifies. It, it become, we become less as he becomes more. See, we got a fast coming starting tomorrow. And I, I got to tell you, I like watching TV. I like sports. I like news. Bam, bam, bam. I'm fasting from television. Because why? I got to give the thing that's going to hurt the most. Facebook don't hurt that much. I, yeah, once in a while, you know. But TV, I like the news. First thing in the morning after I pray, bam. Sometimes even before I pray, bam. I'll watch the news because I, like your mom, I'm a news junkie. I like news. Which is funny because before I didn't like news. Didn't have no vision. But now I like news because it shows what's happening. I see how closer Christ is. So I'm cutting gun smoke out. Bonanza. Dun, 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 bonanza. I'm cutting it out. 
You know what's going to happen? I'm going to get to another level. If it doesn't hurt, you're not fasting. Some of you say, well, I'm going to fast from vegetables. Shut up. You ain't had a vegetable since the last Daniel fast. You got to fast from something that's going to hurt. Fast from that ice cream, hallelujah. Pray. Oh, Juan, sorry. <laughs> and Facebook, hallelujah. I got a list for you, bro. <laughs> I'm sure you got one for me, too. Are you guys with me? See, if you've never tried these, these weapons, man, you need to start. You need to try it. Give it a shot. And see if God doesn't bring you to new places, higher, higher places. Do you know that we have a secret code? Remember in the war? We'll go all the way back to the Second World War. They had what they call Morse code. Bap, 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 bap. When they wanted to get information to different places, then they changed the code up all the time. They would do different codes. See, we have a sense, a type of Morris code where we can communicate with God. The devil don't understand. Are you with me? See, when we pray in tongues, the, the enemy cannot intercept our messages. That's why it's important, man, to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and be able to pray in tongues. You may not understand, but it's the spirit inside that knows what you need. And he begins to talk to Father God, and all of a sudden, bam, 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 bam. And the devil's going, I don't know what they're talking about. Because you don't understand tongues. That's why God gave them to us. Because the Spirit will pray what we don't need even know how to pray. Are you with me? So during a fast, that all intensifies. And man, pretty soon you're talking to the Father. You have a conversation, man. Try it. Watch what happens. It keeps us off the devil's radar. How many of you guys like Star Trek? Or you don't cop to it because all the nerds like it, right? There's one. Hallelujah. For, so for your case. See, a lot of Star Trek fans think that the Klingons <laughs> invented the cloaking device. Right? You remember the cloaking device? Captain Kirk would have them on the screen. All of a sudden, they'd disappear. The cloaking device. Well... No, no, it's a Holy Ghost invention. The Holy Ghost invented the cloaking device. When you begin to pray in tongues, all of a sudden you're cloaked. The devil don't know what's happening. He's trying to take a shot at you, and whoop, you disappear. You're off his radar. See, you are called, you're chosen, and you're anointed. You are armed and dangerous. You have the advantage. Don't be afraid of an enemy you've already beaten. You need to understand. He doesn't deserve honor. He doesn't deserve his due. He is an enemy. He hates you. But you've also beaten him because Christ lives in you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. See, we're not weak-kneed, limp-wristed, defeated, discouraged, and beat down. That is not us. We are warriors. You know what I hate to see? Guys coming out of the penitentiary with all these tattoos, and they start crying in the home. I, I mean, even when I was at home, they'd come, oh, you know, all tough, one button, you know, the whole nine. And then you give them a little discipline, oh, I can't take it no more. Holmes. <laughs> then they end up back in the street, back in prison. 
Are you with me? See, we have to understand we're not just believers trying to hold down the fort until Jesus comes. We are the army of God. We're the army. We are armed and dangerous. Lastly, number three, possessing the land. Go with me to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 10. We're almost done. Verse 19. Are you there? Page 716. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Some of the power? All the power. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. I love that verse. What can hurt you? If God be for us, who can stand against us? See, we sing about it, but do we believe it? That's why I'm showing you the scripture. I'm not just going on the side of my neck. See, you have to go after it. That's what the Bible's saying here. You've got to engage the enemy. The door to opportunity has a mark on it and a word on it, and that word is push. You've got to push for it. God never promised you a life without battles. He promised you victory if you fight. God will not hand you everything on a silver platter. You've got to fight for it. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Luke 9, 1 and 2. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power over all, everybody say all, all, demons. And to cure disease, he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. All these scriptures describe an army. This is an army that is on the move. This is an army that's advancing. This is an army that's marching in power. This is an army that is defeating every enemy. This is an army defeating every devil. This is an army defeating every sickness. This is an army defeating every disease. Breaking, breaking through every obstacle, breaking through every hindrance. This is an unstoppable army. That's who you are. You are called to possess. See, that's the church as God sees it. That's the way God looks at his church. Not the building, the people. How do you look at us? What do you see? I don't know about you, but I know prayer and fasting will get, put the eyes of Christ on you. And you'll begin to see the way God sees. See, we don't want to go to war on our own power. Because the victory is already ours. Jesus beat them. I believe we know about warfare, but we fail in one area. We must have the attitude of a warrior. We have to have the attitude of a warrior. When things don't go our way, we fight. 
When we don't understand, we fight. When we don't know what to do, we fight. We don't quit. We don't give up. We don't run away. As men, as fathers, we stick to it. We fight. We fight for our church. We fight for our families. We fight for our God, our wives, our everybody. We fight. We don't quit. We don't run away. We don't turn and hide and neglect our responsibility. We do what it takes no matter what. See, most of the church world is comfortable with their father-child relationship with God. Are you with me? See, meaning I'm his child and he's supposed to take care of me. It's true that we have a father-child relationship and that he does want to take care of us. That's true. I'm not going to deny that. But we're not waiting on Daddy God to do everything and give us everything. See, you have to understand that if we want it, we got to take it. Jesus, man, when he came to earth and to give his life for you and I and all of mankind, he had to fight. He fought in love. He fought in obedience. He did what God told him to do, his father. But God, God didn't spare him pain. He didn't spare him growing up and taking responsibility. He didn't spare him. Why? Because he's a father. A father wants the best for their children. A father wants their children to be okay when they grow up. A father wants them to be successful. That's what Father God wants of us. He doesn't just want to, oh, I'm going to give you this and give you that. You're going to get spoiled. Hello? He's not a grandfather. He's a father. Grandfathers spoil you. Fathers don't. I learned that from Pastor Steve. Because he said, Pastor Sonny's your grandfather. I'm your father. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> but he was right. He was right. And that's how we learn. See, the devil has a host of demons that are coming after you and everybody you love. Understand that. See, Victory Outreach, we go to the devil's throne room, and we're reaching treasures out of darkness. That will never change. That's who we are. That's what we do. So the devil hates us twice as much. Because when we go get a treasure out of darkness, man, now they're in the light too. I mean, I see them in the morning, man. Do you know that the prostitutes, they, they left Oakland, man. They're all the way in Fairway Park right here. They, they wait early in the morning. They're at the bus stop. Of course, they don't dress like they're going to the office, but they're at the bus stop. And they're waiting for guys to pull over and to get in the car. I've seen them. So it's morning treasures now. <laughs> I mean, it's getting blatant. It's getting blatant. See, that just shows us that, that Jesus is coming sooner than we think. you got to be about it, man. See, we're supposed to be willing to walk in Jesus' footsteps. What did he do? He healed the sick. He cast out devils. He preached deliverance to the captives. He set people free from the devil's power. See, this morning, I want to stir up the warrior in you. That's my purpose. Whether you're a father, whether you're a mom, a son or a daughter, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to God. He's not, he doesn't look at gender. But I want to stir up the warrior spirit in you. That's my purpose. Because you are more than a conqueror. you got to get mad at what the devil is doing. 
Get mad at what he's doing to your family. Get mad at what he's doing to your ministry. Get mad at what he's doing to your city. Get mad at what he's doing to your health. It's time to fight back. Don't quit. Don't give up. Tell the devil enough is enough. It's done. See, in the mind of God, you're a winner. God doesn't look at you as a loser. He looks at you like he looks at his son. Jesus is a winner. He never lost a battle, never lost a fight. See, when the devil thought he had him on the cross, he found out that was, it was his end. He found out that, oh, man, I shouldn't have messed with this dude. Now my fate is sealed. Why? Because God could take anything that looks bad and turn it around. Turn it around. I feel right now that there's some bones coming together. And some of you are catching this thing. And you're saying, this is my ministry. I've taken ownership. This is my church. And I feel, I sense that God is about to do something great through this church throughout the East Bay. This is the heart. This is where it's going to start. Muscles, tendons are coming together. Skin is beginning to form. I feel the breath of God is breathing fire in some of you right now. And you feel something that you can't contain. Because you know, man, God has been after you for a while. And you've been putting them back and putting them back. But now's the time. Now's the time. Tomorrow's not promised, man. Every day we're losing people. Every single day. Every 45 minutes in the 1040 window in Asia where I come from, one person dies every 45 minutes. It's crazy. It's crazy. The devil thinks he's winning, but he's not. It's up to us. A lot of churches, man, they don't go to the streets. They don't go march and say, you know what, we love God, we love Jesus, we love you. They don't do that. It's up to you and I. Somebody did it for you, somebody did it for me. 20 years ago, man, I got saved. It was all about Christ. See, I feel the breath of God here this morning. There's an army rising up here in the heart. You got to see it. Know who you are. See, I know the devil's hit a lot of you. It hurts. We know about hits. The whole time, the whole 18 years we've been in the Philippines, we've been getting hit. You have to believe that. Then when we got married, we got hit again. We pioneered a church, we got hit again. Took over a church, got hit again. I don't know, I can't remember a day or a week where we didn't get hit. You know, we get hit physically, emotionally, financially. Our families get hit. And the devil hits you where it hurts. He always does. Maybe he's knocked you down, but it's time to get up. It's time to get up. See, we know about taking hits. My daughter's been taking hits since she was born. Do I understand it? No. Am I going to give up? No. I'm going to fight because God has a plan for her life. She's going to have to suffer a little bit, and we're going to suffer with her. And I know with your prayers, you're going to help us through. But I also know that God has a plan for her life. God has a plan for your life. But sometimes when we get knocked down, we just got to get up. Just got to get up. I don't ask you to get up. <laughs> Let's stand. You just got to get up. 
I want you to bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, as we focus on you now, life is tough sometimes. We battle, we battle, we battle, but then you refresh us in your spirit. And we know that you have given us weapons to overcome all the work of the enemy, even the enemy of self. And Lord, I pray that you will raise up a mighty army beginning in the heart. And Father, we honor the fathers that you have put before us here this morning. Because Lord, I know that it's not easy being a father. But there's no greater joy either. I want to challenge you fathers here this morning. I'm going to ask you to come up, and I want to pray with all of you, every father in this house, because God has called you to be a warrior, a fighter. But you're not alone. You're not alone. Because we fight with our families, so I want the families to come with the fathers as well. Wives, children, if you're here. Maybe your father's not here. You feel touched by this message. You say, you know what? I know God called me to be a warrior. I know God is separating me to do his work, to do his will. We're going to wait for you. That's, that's good. That's good. Let's scoot in so everybody can come. That's good. That's good. I was going to have Pastor Stevon pray, but I want to pray for him too. Because this is the army right here. Oh, what a view. Pastor Steve did a message, the view of a few. And this is the view of a few right here. Because I'm seeing an army. I'm seeing warriors. Not by gender, but by spirit. That God is raising up for a time as this. There's going to be churches. There's going to be team members going out to different countries, different cities. From the heart. This church has always been a sending church, but it starts here. Be fruitful and faithful here. Then God will send you out. There's long-range arrows, I see. God is going to send you out. Let's bow our heads. Focus on Jesus right now. Heavenly Father, we come to you here this morning and I know I went a little long. Forgive me for that. But I believe it's a word that your men, your women, your children needed to hear. As you bring this ministry to a new level, it starts with us. We must go to the next level. And even when it means fighting the next devil. And understand your freedom.